Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Hi, Jenny. How are you today? I am doing great. Um, my new air conditioning unit for the living room still has not arrived. Uh-oh. So I'm still on a borrowed air conditioning unit, which is working well, but I'm starting to think of other solutions because I think they may not actually ship the one I ordered. Mm. Maybe the price was too good. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing good. It's nice and beautiful weather here. We've been enjoying eating outside some. If you are a Patreon subscriber and listen to our episode about regaining your sewing magic mm-hmm. and your feeling of creativity... Um, My little tiny update for me is that I'm finding some ways through that um, using some of the tips that we shared in that episode. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber, give it some thought. You can sign up at um, the Friends with Benefits level and gain access to our recordings. So yeah. How are you doing today, Beverly? I'm doing really good. I had a long day at work, but I'm home now. So um, doing good. Well, that's great. Now, this month, of course, this is our last episode of the month for PF Scrappy. Um, And we do have our three sponsors to talk about today. We've got Fiber and Cloth Studio with the iris pattern. Jennifer Lauren Handmade with any PDF pattern. And I would note, she's noted that she is dropping a new pattern coming up real soon. That was on today's Instagram. And I know a little bit about that pattern because I I was one of the testers. Awesome. So I'm really excited to see that one released. I made a super cute version and I expect I will make more versions of it. Um, And then finally, Warp and Weft Textiles uh, with Michelle, who was horrified to learn that I did not take the dyeing class, um, (laughs) has offered a $100 gift card, even though I am a disappointment. (laughs) That would be available for for folks to use uh, at her really wonderful fabric and pattern store. Those are some great prizes. We got a comment on our free patterns episode on the website, and Linda gave us some feedback that we didn't mention peppermint sewing patterns in that episode. And um, I was kind of surprised that we didn't because um, I, I've mentioned them before, but they are a good resource and they have tried to improve their sizing, but not always consistently. We only gave out a few free patterns and they were our favorites in that episode. I went back and looked actually, and some of my favorite patterns from them don't meet the standards of the show, which is probably why yep. I didn't talk about them. Um, I do like the, um, I believe the, the wide strap maxi fits into our standards and the latest pattern, the latest dress pattern that they put out has a really good improvement. It's the Bowen dress or Bowen. I don't know how you say that. Um, it has a max body measurement of a 60 inch hip. Although I imagine with a finished hip of 114 inches, it would probably, you know, work for a few inches more than that. Yeah, absolutely. But I agree with you. I think part of why they didn't come up is that the patterns that maybe you and I have tried in the past haven't necessarily met our standard. Yeah. And even where they do for me, they haven't made it to my body size. So I've had to make some pretty decent changes to them in order to have them fit. The wide strap maxi is a great example. I think I had to grade out 
five or six inches beyond their max in order to um, try and fit that for myself. And while it was not difficult to do, I, I wasn't 100% satisfied with how I graded out and whether or not it looked as intended. So it's I, I think that's the only reason we skipped them is they just little bit of inconsistency, but obviously a great, a great source. Yeah. And I really want to thank you, Linda, for making a comment on our website. Appreciate that. Absolutely. So when we look back at what we've been sewing for me, I've really, I think primarily just made a couple of trilliums. Okay. Um, I've cut a bunch of stuff out and I do want to talk about the things I haven't made um, or that I've started to make and have failed utterly on. I haven't posted those on Instagram yet, but I want to talk about those as well. So for the Trillium, obviously I've pretty much mastered this dress. I know exactly how I want it to fit me. I know what adjustments I need to make to get the fit I want because I do make it ranging from a very loose fit to a more fitted fit. Um, in this case, I made them in a, uh, a loose fit that's close to the body, but not form fitting. Um, I made one out of some great fabric I got from Neko Neko Fabric, which I believe is in Singapore. Yes, that's and the one we talked about before on the on our... Yeah, know. we talked about the fabric I'd gotten for it. Yeah, and it it came out really beautifully. And then I made another one out of a cross... I call it cross-woven linen. It's just woven. There's nothing cross about it, but <laughs> but the warp and the weft are different colors. Oh, and right. so I don't really know what it's called, <laughs> but that's what I've been using for it. And in this case, it's sort of a coppery color one direction and black the other. Mm -hmm. um, and I made what I think is one of my favorite trilliums to date out of that. Um, it's super simple for me. It's not a very bright or colorful garment. Um, it's got the little cap sleeves that I usually do. I didn't put a waist tie on it and I didn't put any elastic in it. I left it yeah. unelasticized. Um, I did add about a five inch ruffle at the hem, yeah, uh, which nice. was at about that. knee length. And I really love the way that that ruffle came out. And I thought the fabric was perfect for it because it's an understated fabric and a ruffle can tend to be overstated, especially since where I attached it, I did put a row of pom-poms. So at the, at the oh, scene where the ruffles that. attached, <laughs> there, there's a black row you can see there and they're mini pom-poms. I see, I see. Um, and I used the opportunity of it being a plain garment to put a patch that I had bought on Etsy on the back. So it was another way to sort of showcase something different, which I really enjoyed. Um, but a lot of what I've worked on this last week has been completely and utterly failing to be successful at a pattern test I was participating in. Oh. And the pattern has now been released. And I'd like to talk about how I was unsuccessful and why I think I was unsuccessful. And what I'm trying, because I've got another goddamn one of these things cut out again to try again. And I think my problem has been, I've been working on the Gardenia Chemise by Karamiya Maui. Okay. And as is obvious for anyone who's listened to more than a couple of episodes, I really, really love Karamiya Maui's designs. Mm -hmm. and really enjoy sewing them up. In this case, the garden chemise is sort of a peasant top. Um, it's, it's very baggy. It's intended to be quite, quite loose and flowy. And as a top, you're going to put an elastic casing in the bottom and have that, or there have been some testers who have not put the elastic casing in and have left the garment very, very loose and flowy to hang free with a hem. The sleeves are big puffy sleeves that come down and end in a cuff, not elastic, but a cuff. And the neck is has a bias facing as designed. And there's the alternative anywhere you use a bias facing. Of course, you could just use bias tape and bind the edge if you chose mm -hmm. to. Um, I, I have tried to make this 
I believe it's twice, but it may be three times at this point, out of loose, flowy fabrics, which is what I think it's really meant for. And what I have learned is I am absolute shit at a bias facing out of a rayon, oh. a, a, a double gauze, out of a, you know, a chiffon, out of any of these piece of garbage, will not lie flat for anybody fabrics. I am doomed to failure in part because I'm not going to use interfacing that I've stitched on before cutting the bias tape, which probably would help, but it'd make it heavy enough that I might as well use some other material. If you use interfacing, you don't get the stretch of the bias tape. So I know that, but at least it would hold goddamn still. So <laughs> I have to tell you something. I have some information here that might actually be useful. Okay, cool. I would love that, but try not to be too educational. Just a little. Okay. I bought now, she probably didn't have any right now, but I'm going to beg her to have some more. I bought a, a couple of rolls of bias tape from Ceramy. She had them professionally rolled up. They came like on a roll like this. It's just bias mm-hmm. tape, not folded, nothing. Just, just plain bias tape. I love that. It's made out of thin version of kind of like quilting cotton or something, just the perfect thing for bias tape actually. Yeah. And um, it's, it's very thin and really nice. It makes perfect bias tape and it doesn't have to match because you know, it, it you it's a face it over, yeah. but um, also like I bought these really pale colors and so I can use it on a lot of things, even where it shows, it doesn't matter. I'd like to get some in some dark colors I'd really like to do that, but I think that you should use bias tape that's not made uh, rayon bias tape. You can just forget that. Uh, maybe there's people that can do that, but they are way more patient than me. Just looking at it, it grows out of like you. You have oh, to, yes. as you're cutting it. Yes. You start the cut. And when you're done, it's like, shit, it's bigger than it was when I started. And I use uh, like a <laughs> brand new blade on my rotary cut- yep. cutter. Oh, I never will make that um, like rayon shally uh, bias tape. No, it's terrible. You have to use some other kind. It's killing me. So this time what I've done is I've cut it out of the IL-20 linen. And instead of using aisle 20, which is, is not shifty in the same way as a rayon Mm -mm. for sure. Instead of that, I had purchased some pre-folded bias tape from, um, from someone on Etsy. Okay. That's really nicely made that I've used lots and lots of times for other things. Okay. And I, I'm either going to unfold it and iron it and use it as a facing, or I'm just going to say to heck with it. It goes, the color goes really well with the blue that I've gotten. Uh I bought this blue that's got lemons on it and I think it'd be super cute that way. So I think my alternative is that I'm gonna, I'm just gonna buy it. You just make one, one more fold over. Yeah. It's bias bound. And you can hide it too. Yeah. But I was thinking I might not hide it and I might instead also do the arm cuffs. Yeah. The same bias tape. So I've got this one I'm going to try. And if I fail on this one, I think what it means is I should just give up and get another hobby. Oh no, it doesn't mean that. (laughs) I messaged, I actually forgot I was on the punk frockers Instagram page and I left a voice message for Karamia apologizing for how much I failed this. Like I've been trying and trying and I haven't been posting or sending messages saying how it's going. I've just been 
frustrated and sad. And I finally, today, she's like, I'm going to be releasing it today. And I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. I've so let you down in every way related to this. And she's like, no, no, no. (laughs) I've had problems with this type of thing before. I had problems with um, the Roscoe blouse from True Bias has that same Mm -hmm. kind of thing where you gather it and then you use, that's what I did. And I used a rayon too. That was the last rayon that I tried to do uh, bias tape with, because the problem is you have a gathered thing and you're supposed to gather it into a bias tape. How, how big is it supposed to be? You know, like the bias tape is growing. Suddenly you have a neck that's like bigger than your shoulders. Yeah, it was it was making me very very cross. Yeah, and oh, I hear. And you. yeah, that I just could not get it done. I have never felt so disappointed in my sewing. I mean, on the last attempt that I did, I was like, "Screw it!" Folded the bias tape over. I'm like, "I'm just gonna zigzag the crap out of this." And oddly, it did look quite bad. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I didn't even go past that. Like that's the third step or something. It's, you know, French seam the shoulders, slap on your bias tape after you gather, and then you do the rest of it. And I'm like, to hell with it. I'm not even putting sleeves on this. It's so terrible. Well, you know, I think that um, like the Roscoe blouse is another one that does just like that. And I bet you there are listeners that have made that because it's a very popular pattern. And Mm -hmm. maybe they have some ideas for us other than using different. I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with both of us, but I bet you people have figured out like little tricks. Yeah, it was just such a struggle for me. And at some point when I'm when I when I feel better about it, I'm going to end up posting pictures of some of the ways in which I did not successfully do it with rayons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, but, this is uh, also bad because you were having some Sojo issues. I know. And that does not help. Yeah. Because at that point you're just like, screw it. And you throw the thing down, which is really what I did with mm-hmm. those particular ones. But I did at least have enough sense to take the other rayon items I wanted to make and I just moved them back on the cutting board for a later day. Cause That's I'm like, this idea. is not the moment where I should be cutting stuff out. Cause part of it would be, I might be inclined to make not what I really wanted, just something mm-hmm. I knew would be successful and easy. So I want to wait until I feel inspired by those. Okay, um, but I have a bunch on, of other, I yeah. just want to ask this too, just speaking of Brayon Shally. Yeah. So sometimes it's very, very, the lightest floatiest kind is what I'm talking about. That mm-hmm. really... I always feel like the thread tension isn't quite right with that. Like the hem, you can feel the thread. Oh yeah, for sure. It's because your thread's a lot thicker than the threads in the fabric. So should I use a different thread or like, is that just what you have to accept? I would, yeah, I would, I, I, my recollection is bigger Texas are, are thicker threads. Like when you're looking at thickness of thread, Right. I'd have to look it up, but I think the bigger text number is a thicker thread. Mm -hmm. So if you're normally using, say, a 30 or 40, which would be real normal on sewing, maybe you go down to a 20. Or is it the opposite? It's backwards. I don't remember. Because like the Guterman 100 is what I usually use for every day, but I think it's Guterman 30 for top stitching. So let's see. I'm looking up a text thread size chart just for funsies, right? Mm-hmm. To see what I can learn and whether or not it's of any use to me. And that one's just fuzzy and won't reconcile. And so it says, yeah, you're right. Lighter numbers are bigger. 
Okay. So if you're normally using a 30 or 40 for sewing and 40, I think is what I, I think use. You're using a hundred. I don't think I am. Guterman 100 oh. is like. Oh, well, I've, I've switched almost entirely to Wawak. That doesn't make any sense though. So I'm looking at the, hold on, there we go. Wawax chart. Do you know how needle sizes work? Yes. <laughs> Same okay, thing. great. So give me a needle size that would be a normal needle for sewing with like universal. Like, uh, is it a, um, 12? 12 would be an option. Yeah. Okay. That's not really helping either. Cause it says tech size to needle size. So like an 80, 90, 12 to 14, say they're okay. saying you'd be using a 30 to 40 text fabric, uh, thread, and then a 125. So a 20 to 22 would use a hundred. Oh, well, I always, I, I always use a Guterman 100 and I think that's the text number, right? Well, I don't know. So the text size, it says is the weight in grams of a hundred, a thousand meters. So then I get confused there. I don't know. Help me, Obi-Wan. Yeah, I think it's because it, it says TKT is 100 on here. I think it is. Well, TKT, though, that's not Tex, is it? What is Tex and TKT? Hold on. (laughs) Are they two different things? We'll have two different figures in these systems. Tex, this is so exciting, and you need to leave this in when you edit. The thickness of sewing threads is defined by Tex or TKT, which stands for ticket. These are widely used for garment sewing. A same thickness will have two different numbers. So I found an article yep. on it. I'm going to stick the article in, the front in there. front of the Guterman thing we ha- that I have, this um, Guterman like color selector thing, it has uh-huh. Mara 100 is a TKT of 100, but a Tex of 30. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about is when you go to Wawak, where I buy my thread, they sell it by the TEX, okay. which is the 30 one. So what I'm normally sewing with is a 30 or 40. And I think you'd go smaller than that for what for what you want for the rounds. Right. Okay. And I'm I'm gonna yes. literally right this second, Beverly. I am I am gonna pop a link in to the show notes about tech versus text. <laughs> this is great. Okay, I mean, I think it's them... really educational if we could even kind of remember it. Okay, so but but both of them like sewing needles. The bigger the number, the nope, smaller. Not true. Yes. Nope, definitely not true. Oh no, text is opposite. Dang it. The text, text is opposite. The smaller the number, the smaller the thread, because TEX yeah. is based on weight per 1,000 uh, meters. Okay. Weight so, per 1,000 meters. So what you would want to do then is, is you would down. want a TEX that's smaller than 40. Or a smaller than 30 that's bigger. Yeah. That's bigger than a hundred. Yes. Or whatever. We sound like real smarty pants here. (laughs) Well, I told you not to make it too educational. And I think we managed to succeed not being too educational by the end. (laughs) All right. So what were you going to say before I interrupted about that? I was just going to say, I've also cut some stuff out. The big one that I've cut out is the Amelie dress by Untitled Thoughts and this is uh, the pattern company owned by Brittany, who did the natural fabric dyeing at oh. the retreat I was at. Uh-huh. And I've owned this dress since it came out, but it recently had an update for larger oh. sizing and to allow for a separate skirt 
to be made. This is a back button skirt with a top that has two versions, a braless version and a cover your bra version. Ah. It, 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 it meets in the back with a button and the button is higher for the braless version uh-huh. and center back for the broad version. And wow. so you can have coverage that would hide the bra, but still give you um, part of your back being bare. So um, I'm excited by it and I am adapting it a little bit. I've extended the size of the skirt, which is a, I think it's a half circle, but it may be now a three quarter circle that I've done in order to gather the back instead of put buttons up the back okay. of the skirt. So that's sort of my adjustment on it. And I've got that one cut out in the very last of my undyed linen. So I'm going to make the dress and then I'm going to dye it. Nice. So I'm excited by that. What have you been up to? Hopefully more successfully than most of my sewing this week. Well, I probably have about the same number of successful things, but I didn't have any failures. So <laughs> that's a win. better percentage. But um, <laughs> anyways, um, the first thing I'll talk about when we get to the, the PF scrappy reveal, um, but I've made another Ashton dress the way you do with the gathered skirt. Yeah, And I use this yarn dyed linen I got from gray line linen in New York city. It's like, what do you call cross woven? It's turquoise one direction and black the other. And it is beautiful. It is so beautiful. It's, uh, it's not like iridescent looking, um, but it is very striking. I got tons of compliments on it on this one. I put in pockets. I, um, but they, I had them, uh, I have them secured in the waistband. Yeah, so that's they, stay, smart. they stay to the front. So they're inseam pockets. They're not the best kind of pockets. They're not those slashy ones, but they are secured to the front so they don't go flopping around. Yeah, that's really nice. I love that fabric that has the warp and the weft different colors, yeah. especially where one of them is black. Yeah, it really does change a lot about the fabric. So, um, I really love that. Um, that's, that's a good one. And, um, I think that I may make one of those, uh, I think, uh, Tilly and the buttons has a pattern for it. I know the new fiber mood that's coming out has a pattern for it, which, um, is like a sweater you tie in the front, like a half sweater, you know, yep. I think I might make one of those for winter time so I can keep wearing it. I just ordered one of those and uploaded it to my pattern site. Um, so I've got it available to me, which is great because I use Google Drive so that I can access the instructions no matter where I am. Yeah. Um, I ordered four of the new fiber mood patterns. Oh, from did fiber you? So the next thing is I, I've been wanting to make a Merchant and Mills Florence pattern. And I've got both links for the smaller sizes and the larger sizes in the show notes. It is basically a, um, like a plain bodice, short sleeves, and then it has a peplum that goes lower in the front and higher in the back. And the bodice also buttons in the back, but it's very high on the back. So it's not going to bother me in my chair, um, in my lounging. (laughs) Right, right. I love (laughs) that. And all the lounging I do. Um, So I really love it. I made it. And actually this can kind of count for PF scrappy because I ran out of fabric only because when I went to put the interfacing at the button band, my iron burned a spot in the middle. Um, so I had to cut another piece out and I used, um, 
another piece of white linen that I had left over for something else. And it's kind of a little bit different color. So I might have to dye the whole thing. But anyways, um, I made this and I really like it. However, I had to add one inch on the, before the peplum and two inches to the peplum. So a total of three inches to make it kind of a reasonable length on me. I do think that I made it in a way that is not how the designer intended because it's supposed to be more cropped. But as a sewist, I get to be the final designer on everything I make. And yeah, I like it a little longer. So anyways, I made it in just a plain white because I wanted to get the fit right. I, um, and I'm, I'm always a little bit unsure because in one of Merchant and Mills patterns, I wear the size 18, but in all the others, I wear a size uh, 16. I find that when I get the fit just right with Merchant and Mills, their, sh their shoulders and arms are perfect for me. They really just fit me nicely. So um, I am going to make the full dress version using the pink and white Merchant and Mills linen that you bought me. So smart. I love it. It's just and you're going to do the, the full on dress for that, right? Yes, I am. And I think I can wear that you know, for, for quite a while too. Um, because it's a, you know, it's a thicker linen that they, that they sell. And so I, I just really, really like it. And I think it's going to be beautiful. I am going to make it too. Oh, good, good, good. It's so I'm going to nice. make a dress version. And I really like how the buttons look in the back, but you absolutely don't have to have them there. Um, because, and yeah. actually for me, they're kind of silly because my hair covers most of them, but, um, I liked how it went together. I enjoyed making it. And I really love how that bottom part goes. Um, I do too. I hadn't really realized we've talked about this dress before, but I hadn't really recognized that it was higher in the back and lower yeah. in the front. Yeah. And I find that to be just an intriguing silhouette, I guess is what I would say. I think yeah. that's such the an interesting idea. Equal. The hemline's equal, but the, but the peplum part. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. But it means, so it means that back part is cut like yeah. a looking mm -hmm. like a sleeve really. Yeah. Yeah, right? it is. And so I, I think that's incredibly intriguing and I want to make it. And it occurs to me, I have my green and white Merchant and Mills that matches yours. Oh, that'd be great. Except it's green and white. And I'm thinking that might be a really fun way to go with that one. That would be really good. That'd be so really good. I'm, I'm quite excited. It's, I don't get excited about the Merchant and Mills patterns usually because they're, they're not designed to fit me. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, but the part that is designed to fit me is high chest chest mm -hmm. and I'll have to do a full bicep thingy on the sleeve. Okay. And then, but the rest of it is pretty much sort of free sizing given how high up on the back yeah. that that gathering yeah. occurred. I love this. This is such a great idea. I'm excited. Well, if you love that. You're going to love the first of our new patterns. Tell me more. Merchant and Mills just released the Etta dress. I put both links in the show notes. This is a wrap dress, but it's a loose fit wrap dress. There's a, there's a snap at the top to keep it in line, but it's also, it's loose fit. So it's not, it's not trying to gape open, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not having yeah. to choose. Do I go under or over? 
the boob, you know? Um, right. It, Which is just one of the it. things that's definitely a struggle. It's where the LED and the Rose Claire, where what they're advertising as their benefit is that they've put in appropriate cup structures and have thought about how um, a bosom would lie to try and have those fit over them. So they've got, they've got putting, they've used darts and thoughtfulness about how those things cross to try and help keep them from gaping. Yeah. Though for me, even when I can get them to not gape, they are, they are too cleavage oriented to be appropriate at many work locations. Yeah. And the merchant and mills is definitely not struggling from that because that's not its purpose. And it does cross higher than on the two models they've shown higher than where cleavage would be visible. Yeah. It's, um, I just think I'm going to love it. I didn't put the version in here that I'm planning on making, but I really want to make the sleeveless one. You could put a shirt under if you want yeah. to, um, you could wear it sleeveless. Also, it does use a lot of fabric, by the way. Yeah. Um, for my size, it uses, I think, four yards. It's it's lovely. I think that it's got some things about it that I might enjoy, specific, particularly as like a vacation dress mm. for just slopping on um, before or after the beach or for, you know, walking around in windy places where you want to hold your straw hat on and have pictures <laughs> taken. I I can really picture it there. So I like it. Okay. And then I know you wanted to talk about Helen's Closets collection called Studio, which has some pieces I'm interested in. Um, yeah, which one I don't know that I'll ever make them. I really like uh, the jacket called the Moss jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but having... They say, think of it like a woven blackwood cardigan. It's exactly For what me, it looks like. The thing that makes me nervous about it is that my experience with, with Helen's closet, I find there is so much ease built in that I don't like how they look on me. Now, when you look at this moss jacket on mm-hmm. the model, who's a, um, has gray hair and is seated on a stool looking off to the, mother-in-law. the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it doesn't look overly voluminous. I don't think so. But um, again, you have like, um, I think you need to go by your lower, your upper chest measurement. Mm-hmm. I think that was the issue with the pony jacket before. And so you'll probably want to do that based on your body proportions and their sizing. You probably want to go with your upper chest. I, I definitely now I do order based on my upper chest and chest more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I don't grade out, even though my hips and waist would require grading. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at the body measurements now, also that one, if you made it short, I don't think the hips would really matter. No, they, they really wouldn't. And I agree. That's what I would most likely do with that. But the other one I really love is those overalls. They are cute. And you know what I think you'll like about them is that they are elastic in the back. Yeah, I, I did notice that. And I agree with you. I think that's one of the things I really would like about them because it'll help to bring it in, which is something I'm, I'm definitely interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they look super duper cute, but that also makes me really nervous about what happens in those hips there, because really I'd just be cutting upper pieces according to my chest. And then I guess cut the pants. Yeah. To my hip yeah. measurement. Yeah. You and definitely then if there's need a to waist the pants at your hip measurement. Did you make the Winslow culottes? No, those aren't fitted at all, but. No, I didn't. Cause okay. they're still pants. 
<laughs> and I, I'm only just starting to experiment with the possibility of pants. So yeah. Anyways, I think it, those are cute. Those are really cute overalls. I doubt that I'll make them. I've made a few pairs of overalls and I just haven't been satisfied with how they look on me and I never wear them. So I'm not sure that I'll do that, but they are adorable. And it looks like she has this nice little fitted t-shirt now. And I seem to recall you're saying before that you really don't have any t-shirt patterns. <laughs> So it makes it a super good buy for you. Um, They do mention that the t-shirt comes with three neckline options and three different sleeve lengths. So there's a lot of, a lot of things that you may be able to do with that as well. And then a really cool thing with, um, with Helen's closet is she always does a bunch of pattern hacks and then puts the directions for how to do that on her blog. And so I think that's really nice of a pattern company to help you get your money from the pattern. I agree, but I want to, I want to challenge you to consider those overalls. They are a very different look than anything else we've seen. And I know you don't like things pulled tight against your waist, Yeah. but I think in an overall, having a little bit of stretch in the back, isn't the same as having ties or even a waist elastic, which you do do on pants, but in the overall, I think it's a different thing. And I think, I think these are super duper cute. And, and I and almost I can, have that same fabric that she's wearing there, the plaid one, but I don't think I'd make it in plaid. I I don't either. I, I can picture it in a heavy linen for you or, mm-hmm. you know, it's a heavy linen for you. I could imagine cords or micro cords being mm, really fun. That would be or, a really good one. Yeah. Um, velveteen for, for winter time. Like I could picture it in mm-hmm. a black velveteen or, or something else. And of course it's appropriate. They say for, from lightweight fabrics through heavier fabrics. I've got a, I want to stay Ruby star society, but I've gotten every other brand name wrong today. So I may not have it, but I have a Ruby star society. I believe that has alligators all over it that I think would be really cute with this. I got that Ruby star society kind of canvas, um, (laughs) at when we went to domesticity that I hadn't had any idea of what I was going to make with it. It's a wide version. I'm sure it'd be plenty of fabric for it. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I, I hear you because I have made myself so many jumpsuits and coveralls that I've been unhappy with and overalls even, but I, when you look at the back on this with that elastic, that feels like a unique feature, something even the way it's cut where it's like a little micro back compared to yeah. the front. I don't think we've seen a lot of stuff that looks like that. And you're not afraid of layering. That's really where my risk comes in. Cause I don't love layering things, but I keep picturing this with little crop tops with elastic and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. But I, I, I think, I think you should risk it. Well, if I do that, then I have to also get the t-shirt because I think that a fitted t-shirt is what you need to wear under overalls. You can't wear just a loose t-shirt. You know, I don't think I disagree with you. On the plus side, I don't think you have to have a jacket to wear over the t-shirt and overalls. <laughs> but maybe I need that for my other no, that jacket is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I have the blackwood, so okay. Well, think of this one as a blackwood that's woven. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. okay, so that's enough fangirling over that. Um, the next one, though, is so I need your advice on this. This is the Style Arc Elsbeth woven dress, and it's E L S B E T H. And they describe it as having a gathered front bodice waist, 
a low center back, uh, no, sorry, a center back invisible zip, a low center back um, split skirt or vent, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a fitted skirt, elbow length or full length cuff sleeves, a paneled fitted skirt, no skirt side seams. So it's, it's gored, but where the side yes. isn't going to come in, which I have a whole lot of questions about anyway. And back bodice darts and an extended shoulder line. So it's a drop shoulder with these yeah. full sleeves on it. And I think if I were making it, I'd be doing the drop shoulder without adding the extra sleeve piece to it. Mm-hmm. And that I would make it with the skirt vent, obviously, because you'd have to. But but where my questions come in is with my body shape, I'm not convinced I can make this one work for me in a satisfying way because of mm. that. 12 to 14 inch difference between my waist and my hips and yeah. a fitted gourd skirt that is not using a side seam. So looking at, depending on how they proportioned it, when you buy it, I might have as much as 12 inches on the side of my body that doesn't have anything to bring it in where it's relying on darts at front and back to do that work and seams but at front not- and back to do that work. But it's got seams. They're just not right at the sides. They're like in the front and the back. They're almost like princess seams, right? But for your, but only in the skirt. Yeah, I hear you. But when you look at me from side view, I'm at least a foot deep (laughs) on each side. And if it's coming around to the front at all, you're talking about a pretty substantial difference that has to be handled by the seam in the front and the back, which I don't feel like we'll effectively pull that side seam in and I can slap a dart in there if I needed to. It just, I'm worried that I might not be successful. On the other hand, I have wondered, could I just put um, a facing on the bottom of that top, gather it onto the facing and make a top instead of a dress? Oh, of course you could. Of course you could. Um, But I think that, yeah, I mean, you could, I don't think it's near as interesting as the dress, but I wonder if you could, it seems like if you made it, I mean, like, I think it's worth a try with making the, um, the seams on the bottom, you know, make an extra, you know, inch and over an inch of seam allowance to see where you can kind of pull out and pull, put in, um, and maybe just make a really neat shape. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. It really is. I think the, 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 it's going to be hard to get in and out of for you. Oh, but you put it over your head. It'd be fine. I, so I end up pulling over my head most things, Yeah, but that's because my shoulders work well with that compared yeah. to my weight. But yeah. No, that, that, that would, that would probably work. Uh, it's an interesting I'm just a dress. Very <laughs> interesting dress. I thought so. I really, I really like it. I'm just not sure whether I'd be successful with it. Okay, so the next one is a pattern company we talked about a while ago, and I kind of want to get your opinion on it. So number one, the pattern company is Lakala Patterns, and they just put out, you know, their patterns are numbered kind of like big four patterns are, which is a 2463. And when you buy it, it says skirt dress without sleeves is the name they gave it yeah yeah they have funny names anyway um the company has a vast array of computer assisted drafting patterns i believe that's what they do right and they're never shown on people um and they're very inexpensive so the the one i've posted it's really cute it's like um okay so it's like it has a bib in the front but the 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 bib makes a it's a sleeveless dress 
God, how do you describe this, Jenny? Can you help me out here? I mean, I, I think it's a struggle to describe. It is a sleeveless dress that is very, to me, architectural in the way it's designed. So you begin with the front of it being sort of tabard-like. It comes in narrowing yeah. towards the waist until it's below the waist, I believe. Yes. And then at armpit height, because you've gone in as a almost triangle towards the waist, you start another set of panels that are also triangles where the width of it is going down over your hips. Yes. So my guess is the curved front seam that goes from hip to hip and curves up a little bit, perhaps above your belly button and then back to your alternate hip. That is where the width of the dress is. And then below that, to me, it looks like they've used sort of a circle skirt mm-hmm. cut for it because it doesn't look bored. It looks like it's made in larger Flouncy. pieces. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's high front, low back. Right. So it's yes. it's an uneven skirt and it's got patch pockets on it. I think this is really neat. And it reminds me of a big four pattern that I bought violating all my rules that doesn't come anywhere near my body size because I want to try and figure out how to make it work for me. And because this can be made to measure, it may be more successful for me. So, and I've had some success with you the have. patterns. You have, I've had okay. Some not success. I've ordered a few okay. and I've had some success and some not. With this, because it's not relying on darts and other things, and because I think the sleeves, the armholes for the sleeveless dress have a significant chance of being lower or wider than they would work to hide my bra at a much larger size, potentially. Mm -hmm. I I think that's a concern, but I also think for me, I would probably put what I call the Katie Portman sleeve, the big ruffled Mm -hmm. sleeve Mm. over the top of that armhole, because I really like that look. I think it's got a, I think it's got a chance of working, but I'm, I'm, I may wait for you to try it first. Well, I, I just found it interesting. First of all, it was, it's two dollars and fifty cents right now. Even if, even if it's not on sale when this goes yeah. out, it's, I think it's an extra dollar. I mean, they're, they're they're very inexpensive patterns. Of course, the biggest cost in most of the things I make is not the pattern; it's the fabric. Um, well, yeah. So, but it it's an interesting design. I've not seen one like it really, and so maybe I will give it a shot. There are some. I've seen a few big fours big four patterns that have come out that have sort of these weird architectural feeling sort Mm -hmm. of funky designs, but they do all tend like this one to stop well short of our requirements for the podcast, much less my body size. And so it's not a surprise to me that it happens here. My recollection is this one, I think you noted the five X is a 48 inch hip, which is a big four size 2022. I mean, that's yeah. the equivalent there, right? Um, and so I guess in this, I'd probably be a 19X or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, the, but but in case you're wondering why we're talking about this on the podcast, it's because if you don't want one of their standard sizes, the max size of which is a 48 inch hip, you can put in your measurements and they will spit right. out a pattern. And so like, you don't really have to grade between sizes if you don't want to, you could just put in your numbers and it, I think I don't even know what their limit is on how high you can put in, but um, but it is just computer generated. So it may not make sense. It's at least through my height. And I made a dress in late 2021. So six or eight months ago, um, one of their dresses that I had size to fit me that they called a 1960s dress. 
Yeah. And it, it worked perfectly. I mean, everything about it did what it was supposed to do. It, it fit okay. as advertised. Um, I, I feel like I could probably have nuanced the fit myself some more if I'd played with it. Um, but it was a, it was a satisfactory fit. I wasn't dissatisfied with what I received. Well, um, and I'm willing to try it again for sure. Okay. Well, the last one I wanted to mention is just, um, it's an, it's an upgrade. And so over it had a summer capsule book ebook a few years back, and it was, um, very limited sizing only to like six to, to size UK 20, which is a US 16. And, um, they've gone up, they put it in their full size range now, which many of their patterns do come in the 18 to 30 size range. Mm-hmm. And they have some adorable patterns in this. The Sienna dress is a princess seamed, um, and sheared back sundress. And you can make either the top or just the skirt by itself too. Um, there's a, the Sorrento jacket is like a, like a denim jacket, uh, a really cute um, wrap skirt, a jumpsuit. And uh, that Ravello dress is also, I guess it's a wrap dress too, but it's a nice little pattern collection. And um, I'm pleased that they've upgraded the sizing. I agree. And I, I do think it's all super duper cute. Um, the Sorrento jacket looks like just a really neat version of a denim jacket. Yeah. Um, I, I like the way they've done the paneling in the front. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really cute. And I like the idea of the Sienna dress with the, the sheared back. Yeah. That's really appealing to me. Um, and their size range, of course, now it's uh, chest 57, waist 50, hip 60. Okay. So it's, it's a very reasonable, very reasonable range. Nice update. Uh, very much appreciate it when, when folks go back and make available what wasn't before. Yeah. Okay. So did you do anything for PF Scrappy? I totally did, but we've already talked about everything I did. So I did my Kenneton dress, which is that cashmere um, club dress, which I use scraps from other linen projects. Yep. My scraps are fairly big. I'm a big person. If I make something less than the five yard dress I bought for, I'm going to have a substantial scrap usually. And that was one where I just made one side of the dress, one color and the other side, the other color. So it was really cute. And then for Caramia's dragon fruit, I made one out of new to me fabric, but I added ruffle accents in a scrap fabric from another project. Now the other project, technically I had not yet made the dress for I'd already cut it out but I hadn't sewn it together and I made the sleeves out of the scrap of that you you could argue that since I did the sleeves first that in fact the dress I cut out was the scrap but um, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't think it really works that way and I refashioned a dress into a crop top of course right um and then and then I also used scrap linen again for the yoke of a linen dress that's coming out in additional sizes soon so Yeah. Well, I did a few things too. And one of them I have not mentioned yet on this podcast. I made the Fiber Mood Francis. This is a free pattern. It's kind of like a t shirt uh, pattern grown on sleeves, but at the end of the grown on sleeves, there's elastic. Um, And I had a one yard piece of linen, which I don't know why I bought a one yard, (laughs) but a long time ago I did. And it's been sitting in my stash forever because it's too small for me to use by itself. But Jenny had shared with me some scraps of her ice dyeing and those scraps were perfect. And so I made a 
a stripe down one side. Um, so one side there's it's blue for the sleeve and part of the side. And then, um, there's a, a strip of the ice dyed fabric. And then the center is the blue fabric. And then the whole, I guess, right side is, um, is the ice from, from mid shoulder over is the ice dyed fabric. I think it came out cute. I agree. I think it is super cute. Um, I would imagine to me, you probably bought the yard of linen because it was a really good price and you could imagine how you could use it for facings or other things, even if you didn't end up making something, but this is a far better use of it. I think it's super cute. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm not sure about the, the, the sleeves feel a little weird to me, but we'll see. Um, maybe <laughs> one of these things I, I offer to anybody who wants it, but we'll see. It was, yeah. um, and I already talked about the Georgia tea dress that I made. Um, one thing that I, I did kind of your little cheat, <laughs> for mm-hmm. it, um, which is I had a Sydney, a style arc Sydney designer dress, and that's a dress. It's a cocoon shape. It has these very low, strange pockets that are in the front because the panel is in the front. <laughs> it's you look like you're getting real familiar with yourself if you use those pockets, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, they're strange pockets, and um, they're think. not attached to anything, and so they're already mm-hmm. flopping around in the front, and it's just like, anyway, I decided I got to get rid of these pockets. They're driving me nuts. So I got rid of the pockets, and as I was walking around my house, I said, oh, yeah, I'm also not wearing this because it's a cocoon shape and there's a band at the bottom Yeah, and I have very long legs, which you'd think they have at style arc because they have tall stuff, but it, it restrict my movement. Like I, <laughs> you know, I yeah. can't walk in it. So I said, Oh, I got to do something about this. So I decided to cut off a bit. And then when I cut it off, it was like just kind of the wrong length. So I decided to make it into a tunic length. So I did that, yeah. cut that off, hemmed it. So I hemmed it two times um, and uh, we'll see if I actually wear it now. Well, and it also leaves you, if you've kept it, and I would imagine you did, some additional scrap fabric that can be reused later for other projects. I did not because it <laughs> has all these strange shapes because of the way that dress is designed. Oh, that's true. It's paneled. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. I, I I forgive it. But um, But yeah. It's, I agree with you on the Sydney. I've liked it and I've figured out. So I started making Sydney's when I first came back to sewing and I, I don't own any right now, but I keep thinking I want to go back to the pattern because I think my problem is that I was cutting the pattern out based on my hips and I wasn't doing anything else different about it. And I think, I honestly think that I could cut it out based on my high chest and chest measurement yep. and not do anything additional with my hips and, and end up with something that might fit really nicely for me. Yep. So I may revisit that one because I have enjoyed it. Although those pockets. Do you want to talk about some of the call outs we have of what our listeners made this month? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. There's some, been some really inspirational posts. Yes. So you want me to start? Absolutely. Go ahead. 
Okay. So this one is from the baker that sews. And this is someone that I have watched on YouTube. She has a YouTube channel um, and talks about her makes on there. And I saw this post and I said, oh, you have to please enter this in PF Scrappy. So I don't even know if she listens to our show, but I wanted her to enter it because it is so beautiful. <laughs> so these are um scrap fabric that she had from her dresses. And I even recognize some of the dresses in it. Um, she has a very colorful uh, wardrobe. She's a school teacher in England. And um, so this, this is the Ilford jacket that she has made into a quilted jacket and it's beautiful. Yeah, I agree with you. It's completely beautiful. She did note that she's tried to mirror the front, yeah. but the rest of it's a little bit wilder. Um, what I really liked is I've been wanting to do a quilted jacket, but I've had concerns about the quilt batting being maybe thicker, even the really thin battings being thicker yeah. than I'd like. And she notes that she used a thick crepe piece of fabric for oh. the lining. And I thought, oh, I'd never considered using something different. Like I could use a flannel or something else right. as my lining. I'd been really in my head sort of stuck on this idea that I have to use quilt batting. Right. So I really appreciate that reminder that of course I don't have to. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. It's one. really neat. Um, the first one I've got is from uh, creadera.creates. And this is a t-shirt pattern that they have um, gone ahead and made the back out of multiple pieces instead of a one piece back like a t-shirt would normally be. Um, they've added a uh, stripe of a separate fabric, a remnant that they had purchased years before to the back of it. So it's a bright pink t-shirt fabric, a t-shirt shirt that looks to me like it's got grown on sleeves, though yeah. I may be misinterpreting that. That's what it looks and, like to me too. And in the back, there's an orange and white dyed piece of fabric that oh, just I is thinking. a really neat accent. That is, that seems like a good way if your t-shirts have gotten, a shirt's gotten too small for you. That's another point. You could definitely, definitely add some racing stripes, yeah. whether yeah. you do it on the sides or center front and back. But then but if, it, if the arms are really just neat. right for you, you might want to do the, the center like that. Absolutely. Oh, really I, I loved it. I thought it was a really cute accent. And she calls it a go faster stripe. <laughs> I like it. I like it very much. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's really cute. Yep. Okay. My next one is from Fat Thighs and Mermaid Pants. Um, <laughs> she mentions that she has since she has been publicly outed as one of the responsible persons for PF Scrappy. I feel I have to get involved. <laughs> and she uses most of her scraps for dribble bibs for her niece. And that's that's a great way to use up uh, scraps. Because you can use any kind of fabric you want for that. Absolutely. And particularly when it comes to things like knits, which can be harder to use up as scraps. And mm -hmm. she even notes that when you ask about that online, you get told to save them for underwear. And she makes the note that I did the first time I said, use them for underwear. My butt's really big. <laughs> it's a heck of a scrap if I'm able to cut it out and use it <laughs> for my underwear. So the dribble bibs are a really great idea. Um, yeah. And they end up being super stylish because if there's anything I know about fat thighs and mermaid pants is that this is a style sew it. Yes. That's really nice. My second one is also one of our folks that had suggested a scrappy theme. It's Sarah Fornia. 
And what they've made is um, bias tape. They just went back and looked at their rifle paper company, Rayons, Rayons, and made them into bias tape, which is insane because I can't, um, golly, I can't even. Okay, she's got to give us, she's got to give us a tutorial. What are we doing wrong? So, and we know Sarah Fornia listens, so we're going to need a video tutorial and you'll need to tag us. So yeah, it is, it is absolutely beautiful. Okay. Um, And it may be a practice makes perfect because my gosh, those do look perfect. Don't they? They sure do. (laughs) Looks like she's also got some candy there on the, is that candy on the bench there? (laughs) More scraps. I don't know. Um, the, okay. So the next one that I want to talk about is this is from Giza Giza and it looks like some kind of um, maybe a low waist pattern. And it's got, it's like a t-shirt pattern that has um, roughly uh, gathered parts under the arms. It looks like, mm-hmm. and sort of to the side there. Anyway, it kind of reminds me of the Marcel dress, you know? Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but she's used all different kinds of what appears to be denim or chambé fabric for it. I love it. Yeah, it is. It is really cute. And I agree with you. That is sort of what it looks like. It's got that wide front panel. And then the side has the gathered panels and the, yeah. the sleeves appear to be made up of multiple parts, which is kind of interesting. Um, like it very much. Looks super duper cute. And uh, I'd like to hop in that pool. Um, yeah, that's in the <laughs> it's a, there's a pool in the background. That's true. And then my my third uh, one is Nancy Behen. And these are shorts that they got from a friend's D stash that was a leftover from a project from that friend. So it's, it's non-virgin fabric that was handed down oh, to someone wow. else. Yeah. And so uh, they do note that they like using leftover secondhand scraps anyway. Um, but in this case, they've got some baby French Terry that they made into cute little shorts. And it's uh, it's a pattern where the pattern that they used, you go and you, um, you enter your measurements and it generates the pattern. So there's no upper or lower limit on this. It looks like they are by apostrophe MyFit and it's called the MyFit joggers, but they look super cute. They really remind me of the shorts that I had to wear in middle school when I would be in PE class. (laughs) So I think that this has been a very fun month. I am not done with scrappy projects. I have, I have my eyes on some, something. Um, I have, I've cut off a lot of the selvages from my linens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kept them because they're interesting. A lot of them, they don't have names on them or anything. And no, but they've got a different weave to them usually. Yes, they do. And some of them are really interesting because there's more than one color in there. And so I got an idea of doing something with them. I don't know if I ever will, but that's one of the things I want to do more like um, piecing of the front of bodices that that has been really inspiring to me this month. How about you? I think that's really neat. I actually, as I started to think about it, the more I realized that I use scraps in a lot of different ways all the time, because I often do my facings out of leftover fabric from a different project. Um, I often do my interfacing because I don't usually use iron on interfacing. I just use another layer of fabric and it isn't always from the same garment. It's frequently like my leftover linen stash pile. I'll find the right weight and something that goes and I'll use that as the interfacing for a waistband or other things. 
but I, I prefer that. But I, I, when I, like I said, when I was looking at it, I noticed all the places I'm already, already using scraps because it's just convenient. It makes sense to me to use them in that way. The thing I really noticed here was the places I'm not using them that I might want to. So for yeah. example, Kylie and the machine has announced that they're releasing a, um, a tote bag pattern. And I love, I love a tote bag, but I haven't made many of them, but I'm probably mm-hmm. going to buy that tote bag. Cause when I looked at it, I thought that is clearly made out of at least eight different pieces of fabric. Oh. And I have at least eight different linens I could yeah. put together to do something with. Um, when you were talking about, uh, what, um, what the baker that sews had done for the quilted jacket, I thought, oh my God, if I line some of the quilts, I already have lying around the quilt tops with that flannel mm-hmm. and quilt them that way. I don't even have to put a backing on them. It could be mm-hmm. just the flannel yeah, against that is the, the backing. Top. Yeah. And then I could use that to cut out a tote bag or to cut out mm-hmm. other things I'd like to have. Nice. So I started started really thinking in terms of what I could do with that, what might be more interesting than what I already do, which is largely hidden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I I really, and I love patchwork stuff. So I think I've just maybe been a little lazy about using my scraps. Yeah. And I, I, other than my hidden ways, Mm -hmm. I definitely have been lazy about it. I'll put on the occasional contrast arm or, lower panel on a skirt, but I'm not but You're better about doing, uh, color blocking than I am. It's true. I, I do like a good color block. And part of that is necessity. I'll get started on something and go, shit, I don't have enough for the sleeves. And so I do it, you know, differently, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm intrigued by, and I'm interested in seeing what else I can do with it. I think scrappy will continue to be a thing that I do. Me too. Um, and, and we want to, um, welcome our listeners to continue to use that hashtag if they want to and continue to follow it for good ideas. Absolutely. I think it's a great place to get ideas. I know I've been inspired as I've looked through it. Me too. Um, too. So very, very good. Well, okay. So if you like this podcast, you can support us at patreon.com slash punk frockers and be sure to go to our show notes this time because there'll be a clue for next month's <laughs> that is a good point uh, <laughs> and you can go to your favorite podcast serving device whatever that might look like and you can rate and review us and we always appreciate it when you do that that is something that makes it easier for others to come and find us and uh, I'd like to go ahead and share um, one of our most recent reviews, if you don't mind. That'd be great. It's uh, entitled, The Podcast the Sewing Community Really Needed. Um, and it says, I love punk rockers. It's my favorite sewing podcast. And listening to it's like hanging out in a sewing room with Beverly and Jenny. The challenges are creative and fun, and they help create community and push the listeners to try something new. The chemistry between Beverly and Jenny is pure magic. They're fun to listen to. Thanks for creating the podcast. The sewing community needed it. And so we really appreciate it. That's from Paula, who's part of So Goth. And oh, nice. uh, there's a good chance we'll be talking to Paula at some point uh, later on when it makes sense with our monthly theme. So yes. very excited uh, for that opportunity as well. And as always, we really appreciate the folks listen. Um, it is hard for me to remember back to 
a year and a quarter ago when Beverly and I didn't know each other at all. Yeah. <laughs> I realized that we've managed to build sort of a conversation that, that really is a lot of fun. Okay, Jenny. See, See you, you next, next Tuesday. The Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.